0: Hey, good morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you guys for being part of today. Uh, My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is uh, terrific to see you all. And uh, I'm glad you you came out today, standing here by these 42 roses that uh, are symbolic of those children that accepted Christ this past week. And so it's really, really, really really wonderful. Hey, today we're going to talk about greatness, um, being great. And, and how to get there. How many of you have met somebody famous? How many of you have ever met somebody really famous? I'm not talking about you saw him in a distance. I mean, you, you, you met him. You can name drop him. You know, you can kind of share that kind of some kind of, Great actor, great business person, great athlete, great musician, great politician. If that's not oxymoronic, I don't know what is, but there we go. Someone you could say, yeah, I've met, I've met so-and-so. Well, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about great people and how to get there? How to be that person? Would you pray with me? So, thank you, Lord, for um, now the moments we have. Thank you for the time we've had to sing praise to you and to open our hearts to you and, and give me the right words to share now in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a good week to be here. Um, we are talking about better stuff, and 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 I and I know that better is always better you know you you, you you want you want better for instance, for example, go ahead there's there's this but then there's that it's better right okay okay then you also have this but then you have that it's 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 better yeah then you have this and then you have that it's better. I mean there's just certain things that are going to be better than other things <laughs> all time <along>, right <laughs> Oh, I didn't see that. Jesus says this uh, to you and to me. He says, "He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full." And and that would mean that what people had wasn't better. Okay, if he's coming to make things better, that would mean what they had wasn't wasn't better. Uh, now now Jesus is going to make things better. What better? What better religion? Now they had religion. In fact, they were probably the most religious people that you could ever find. I mean, they had religion come out of their eyeballs. It was religious this and religious that. They had sacred rules like don't touch and don't taste and don't do this and don't chew and don't go out with girls that do. Okay, they had those kinds of rules. They had sacred holy men. They had sacred holy traditions. They had sacred holy garments. They had sacred holy places to worship where you could only go there to worship. You couldn't worship anyplace else. Jesus says, a time is coming when you'll worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, because that's what people thought. You can only worship Jesus in Jerusalem or maybe on a mountain. He said this. a time is coming; and has now come when the true worshippers worship the Father in spirit and truth. Well, they're the kind of worshippers the Father seeks, and so Jesus shifts things entirely from religion and religious stuff. To a relationship with God that's real and it's experiential that you, you feel it. It's not just a bunch of doing things. It's a matter of being and experiencing and feeling. Now, this is the Bay Area. We love that kind of stuff, don't we? I mean, we love non-rules, and we love non-stuff like that. I mean, man, don't give me rules. Let me be free to do what I want to do. But then Jesus says this, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. And we think, oh, no, another one? I thought, Jesus, you kind of came to help make things better and more free and get rid of all this stuff. And here's Jesus giving us another one. But here's what he says. Here's his new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. In fact, it's picked up in later on in the Bible where it says, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, what happens with this whole love thing is religion tries to creep back into it, doesn't it? It always tries to creep back in because that's what religion does. And religion creeps back in and it tries to create loopholes in life. For instance, if I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, well, who's my neighbor? You know, that's a good question. Who is my neighbor? And so what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to draw a little circle around that and say, whoops, my neighbor is, is this person. Anyone inside my circle is my neighbor. So if you're inside my circle, you're my neighbor, and I love you. But if you're not inside my circle, you're not my neighbor, and therefore I don't what? I don't have to love you. I don't have to love you. And so religion tries to get into all these little definitions of things. And Jesus says, your neighbor is everyone. Your neighbor is anyone. So he would say, love your enemies. Love them. Your enemies, love them. He would say, love the person who's the most annoying to you. What's your response is to love them? If you're a conservative, you love the most liberal person that you know. If you're liberal, you love the most conservative person that you know. You, you love the person whose dog pees on your lawn every morning. You love that person. That's your response. You love the people who don't let you park in their lot on Sunday. That's who you love. This is what Jesus is saying. We, we love. And then he says this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Not the buildings we build. Not the number of people we have attend. Not how great the music we can produce. It's your love. Your love will prove. Now, last week we talked about giving, you know, giving better, you know, giving. And we give. We don't give a percentage of our income. The Bible doesn't talk about that anymore. Jesus said we're free from that religious stuff. There's no percent. You don't say, I give God X percent and the other percent is all mine to keep. We give, we give it all because we have given ourselves completely to God. That's what we give, and so we, we don't go back into these religious rules and routines and percentages, and God has given us resources, and therefore, since we love people, we give. We don't give out of numbers. We give because we love people, and we want them to experience the love of God. We love them so much, and that's why we're here. But there's another facet or another aspect of, of, of this whole loving people. And and in order to kind of get our, our heads around it, let's go back in time to Jesus' last day. This is Jesus' last day, the evening before he dies, and and he knows it too. And and Jesus and his disciples are in a place called the upper room, and and this is where Jesus would teach them. And he they had just given the Lord's supper, the bread and the cup. Now all the disciples of Jesus. We're there. All of them are all, kind of all gathered around, just talking, milling around. And, and Jesus says this, but here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. Okay? Sitting around here is the guy that's going to do the betrayal. And now, if you've ever been around a bunch of guys and something like that is thrown down, they're going to say, what? Nah, it's not me. You know, not gonna be, it's not, it's not going to be me. If the coach were to say to you in front of the team, team meeting, and say, now I'm going to tell you, one of you guys is probably going to go 0 oh, for 4 today. Somebody's going to say what? It's not going to be me. You know, I'm on a hot streak. It's not going to be me. You know, I'm, If somebody's coach is going to say, some of you are going to just not be able to hit a three-point shot, guys are going to say what? Not going to be me. I'm hot. You know, I've, I've got a good, good hand right now. So they're going to be talking about not me, and they're going to now start pointing fingers, you know, I bet it's going to be James, you know. And James says, me, you're nuts. I bet it's Thomas. And Thomas says, I doubt that. (laughs) He said, I doubt that I'm going to be the one. Did you see what I did the other day, you know, in this ministry? See how strong I was in faith? And Peter said, you? Really, you? I'm the guy that was able to walk On water. This is guy trash talk going back and forth. They're all saying, it's not going to be me, it's not going to be me, it's not going to be me, it's not going to be me. Guys get weird with this kind of stuff, okay? We just do. And it says they started arguing about which of them was considered to be the greatest, okay? Here they are arguing about which one is now going to be considered the greatest. It's hard to believe that, that they would do that, until you begin to understand what religion can do to us. Religion basically looks at the works that we have done, and we begin to compare ourselves to one another. We say, well, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. It's based so much on what we do. So we've got these guys arguing which is the greatest, and Jesus puts an end to that nonsense. He says, the greatest among you should be a what? Servant. There it is. You want to be great? You want to be great? Greatness is defined by Jesus as being a servant. Now, look at that statement the greatest among you should be a servant. You take out that last word. If you were to take out that last word out of that sentence and put it in corporate speak or leadership development or how to win friends and influence people, you know, you put in the word like this the greatest among you should be the visionary, should be the leader, should be the charismatic should be the strong, the brave, the ambitious, the driven. Another time it says Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over the people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Boy, that's true. Isn't it? Isn't that true? We get frustrated by politicians who, and authorities who see themselves as more important that they get special treatment somebody else, or celebrities who expect better or or special favors because of who they are and what they've done in their career. Jesus says, among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. And it's like a big deal with Jesus. I mean, this is a big thing with him. He talks about it again and again and again and again. And and what we have to grasp it in order to get this thing, you know, in, in, ingrained in us is being a servant is not just what I do, it's who I am. Because if I just start simply saying I better start doing servant things, then we kind of get back into the whole religious thing. It's not just what we do, it's who I am. Around your house, who are you? You're a servant. That's what you are. You're a servant. And you take on the role of a servant to your friends and your family. Now, I I understand. I get boundaries and I I understand responsibilities and and enablement issues and all that. But all those take place in the context of being a servant in your neighborhood or your school or your work. Here is where love your neighbor gets practical. This is where it now comes down to the, the actual actions that we do. You know, the new kid, you know, you're going to start school soon, and there's always the new kid, and the new kid is always the what? The new kid, and the new kid's always weird, and therefore, you don't hang out with the new kid. Don't do you, because if you hang out with a new kid, and the new kid is inherently weird, then you are now weird. What does the servant do? The servant hangs out with the new kid, the lonely kid, the outcast, the one that gets bullied too much the person you don't like. You become a servant to the guy who lives two doors down and won't keep up his yard. You serve them. Serve them. Well, how, how do we do it? We have to, first of all, we have to put an end to the, to the me part of, of your life. Jesus one time said this, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. And follow me. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to take up your cross? It means I really have to die to my ego and to my self-importance and to the me part that I think is so important. And I need to project the the great me. He says you don't have to project a great you. You don't have to do that anymore. You die to that. You make your needs and your wants take a backseat to others. And that's hard for us. Because we don't like to project ourselves as being servants to others. We like to project ourselves as being the most important. And that's hard, 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 hard to do. On the night before Jesus um, died on the cross, they had the Last Supper, the same evening that they had that argument on, who was the greatest? And, 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 And this is a little bit prior to this. They they came they were you know they they knew the place that they were going to was the upper room upstairs, and 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 they're going to be celebrating the Passover meal there, and that's kind of a formal meal a formal affair, and when you have a formal meal and a formal affair like that. Um, What you have is you would have somebody at the door, right at the doorway, um, um, there with a basin and a towel, and they would wash your feet. Back in those days, obviously, you wore sandals, you walked around, the ground was really dusty and dirty. And if you're going to have a formal meal, your feet get washed, kind of like you have somebody take your coat or, or, or whatever. It's just simply a courtesy thing, you know. Well, somebody forgot, it didn't make it on the to-do list for that evening, and, and it was like a really bad mistake, you know? You're supposed to just go out and pay a kid a few bucks just to simply wash feet, and, and then they, and they go on their way. And it's really rude to begin a meal without that, and so the meal's about to be served, and the disciples are all sitting there. And again, we just talked about that they're having arguments, and they're having thoughts about which one's the greatest, okay? They're already in that frame of mind, which one's the greatest here, Okay? And someone's got to wash feet. Well, washing feet goes to the very lowest person of them all, all right? And it's not going to be me, you know, because I'm having an argument with you about which one's the greatest among here. And I'm certainly not going to put myself in that in that position. It's like, it's like remember when, when you're a kid, you know, you're, you're, you're watching TV or playing video games or whatever else and with your brother or sister and your mom said, can one of you take out the trash? Remember those days? Can one of you take out the trash? You know, and if you're a parent, you know, you've said this too. And guess what? If you're a kid, guess what you do? What do you do? You do nothing, okay? You do nothing because it's not my job, you know? My sister hasn't taken out the trash. I'm always the one that's taking out the trash. Or my brother, he's just lazy, you know? And besides, he's not even playing the video game. He's got nothing to do. Let him take out the trash. But it's not going to be me. And so what's my brother? He's thinking the same thing. And my sister, she's thinking the same thing. So we just sit there and keep going, right? Isn't that what, what we, we do? And the basin is there, and the towel is there. And if you make the first move you're admitting you're the lowest. Just like taking out the trash, you admit that you're the lowest. That's what it means to die to self. I give up my rights to building my own self-image and my own awesomeness and importance. I give it up. And I wait out my brother and I wait out my sister for this. And remember the feeling you get when all of a sudden you hear the trash bag being wrapped up, pulled out, and the door being opened, and it's your mom that's now taken out the trash. Remember that feeling inside you? Remember that? It's devastating. And the disciples are sitting there, and they know exactly what's going on, and I will not be the first one to make the first move. It says, after that, Jesus poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. Drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. I think one of the most amazing scenes, one of the more amazing scenes, is the Lord of the universe on his hands and knees washing feet. The God who walked, who made water, walked on water, can command water, is using water to wash our feet. So you have to kind of die to the me. Second is discover the work God is giving you. Discover the work God is giving you to do, your calling, your, your, your place in all of this. So in the Bible, it says we are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. And now you want to underline that, those words that the Lord gave us, the work that the Lord gave us, because I believe that God gives everyone that place of service, that place of service in what he's doing in this world, okay, in what he's doing in his mission or his calling. A place like this, for instance, big studies have been done on why people are serving less and less in nonprofits and in, in churches. And I read that kind of stuff. You know, it's kind of part of my, 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 I have to know, you know, why aren't people volunteering as much as they did? Why are we having to spend more staff, Staff by we have to have more staff to do the same things that you could do with less staff, you know, 20, 30 years ago? Why Why is that? And why are our costs for staff so high? Well, one of the main reasons is because with the price of housing and the price of the cost of the economy going up, guess what couples and families have to do now? You have to have now double incomes. And with double incomes, there's less discretionary time and thus less volunteer time. Well, guess what? The ministry is still the same. The call of God is still the same, you know, to reach as many people for Christ as possible and make them committed followers and help them grow in faith. And that means now we have to say, okay, then how are we going to get it done? Because it still has to get done children still need to hear about the message of Christ. People that are completely having their lives shattered still need to hear that God can help them put them back together again. And it's harder, it's harder for all of us. The call of Jesus is still the same. Um, one of the things that, that I have a privilege of doing um, pastors, is I kind of get to see things that go on behind the scenes, you know, and so so I saw all the stuff that was going on with with the day camp and all the workers, and you know, I had a chance to talk to them, all of this. Um, I also got to get a chance to uh, read through things like this. These are um, um, 42 decision cards, and they correspond to the 42 flowers here, which correspond to the 42 children who made a decision for Christ this past week. And so, um, 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 I'm going to read a few of them to you. This one's from uh, a young woman named Amira. She wrote, "Yes, I accept him." She wrote, "Accept, E S E P T, accept Jesus. I accept him." Young man named Anthony wrote, um, "I gave my life to Jesus." He had originally wrote Bizus, but then changed it to Jesus because he had trouble spelling it. Um, a young girl, a young woman named Sydney, a little girl named Cindy wrote, "I chose to go up because I love God, and He rescued me. He rescued me." An old boy named Ryder said, "I decided to be Jesus' forever friend because He's the right person to follow. Right person to follow." Now, those of you that served here and became servants this past week. Um, that's because you guys did what you did. Do you understand why Jesus says this is where greatness comes from? And those of you that have decorate, and those of you that were here, we had a bunch of high school kids. that came and they served. They gave up a week of their summer, two weeks of their summer, to do that. They served. And Jesus would say, you see that? That's great. That is great. Eternal things that happened this past week were not those things that happened in Washington, D.C., not things that happened in the halls of Congress. The eternal things that happened happened here this past week. Follow that? That's why Jesus says this is great. Jesus is looking for faithful servants who will be part of something happening here or making a difference in a little town like ours. So we serve. This story is true. Um, there were uh, couples, two couples, and they were doing the San Francisco tour thing. You know, They went to the city. If you ever had to have out-of-town guests come, you know the routine, okay? Coit Tower, Golden Gate Bridge, you know Pier Thirty Nine, which I hate, in um, <laughs> Girardelli and Fisherman's Wharf. It's all there. I mean, it's all there. That that that's what you do, and that's where you go. Well, well, one couple was hosting another couple, and and um, so it's lunchtime, and they waited in line and got I don't know crab sandwiches or whatever you get down there, and 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 they and they, they wanted to find a, a picnic table to to eat and kind of look out over the bay and. So they had their sandwiches, these two couples, and as they're walking, that they, they one of the women noticed a homeless man off kind of in the corner and, and off on the side, you know, sitting there. And she felt led to go speak to him, you know. Well, of course, the husband, as oftentimes husbands do, get frustrated with those kinds of things. It's like, come on, let's just get our lunch eaten so we can, we can move on from here. But she felt a need and compelled to go talk to him and... So he put up with it, you know. It's like, okay, you know, give her a few minutes; she'll be back. Well, she did come back, only this time she came back with him. And he's now frustrated because now not not only is my wife had to take time for this, but now he's going to be sitting at the table with us. And so he's trying to ignore it and and and, and eating. Well, she introduces him around, and and he says hi and. What he does is, she, what she does is, she now offers him her sandwich. Now he's really frustrated. You know, it's like I bought that sandwich for her, not 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 him. And as she offers him a sandwich, he holds up his hands that are heavily bandaged because they had been burned in an accident. <laughs> he can't feed himself. So he said, "And here I see now my wife breaking off pieces." of the sandwich I bought her and feeding him, putting him in his mouth. Afterwards, he asked her, why? And she said, the love of Christ compels me. We don't serve for brownie points or for little jewels, you know, in our crown. We serve because the love of Christ compels us. Have the greatest example of them all. We have Jesus, who died on a cross for us. He died on the cross for you. And 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 we are here to tell people that message. They need to hear that. They do. And the love of Christ compels us. I um, I asked the question at the beginning. Um, Have you ever met a great person? Have you ever met a great person? Yeah, you have. You met them when you walked in the door and there was a person that actually came a bunch of minutes early so they could greet you and had a program. Those of you that have children in the nursery, when you take your kid, your baby, from the nursery, you're going to be receiving it from a what? a great person. Those that are working with our children right now, they're great people. They're great. Those, I don't know how many youth we had, they'll be working here in day camp tomorrow morning as they get here at 7.30. They're great, great people. Be great this week. Be great. Let's pray. Build in us, Lord, a heart that cares nothing for fame, for ego, for popularity. Build in us hearts that love people because you loved us might serve them. I thank you for the hundreds of servants in this church family. They serve you because they love you and they love others. Make us all like that. In Jesus' name we ask. Hey, thank you. Thank you for uh, this morning. On the, on the seat that you you, um, when you sat down, you can go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Um, when you came and had a seat this morning, we, we put these on the seats so you have to deal with them, okay? Um, if you don't deal with them, then they're getting wrinkled right now. So um, anyway, um, they're, they're, these are the people that are serving by going to Mexico in, in, in a week from today, I think. They're going to be heading down there. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, there they are. 35 people are going to be heading down there. They're going to be serving by food, and they're going to be going to Life in the Canyons, which is the dumps. They're going to be going down there, working with people in the dumps, and just simply loving on people and doing ministry to them. This is your prayer card, okay? So pray for these people, all right? Just break it down. Pray for each several um, a day so that they know that we love them and we are supporting them on this. So this is something for you to keep. Great people that are doing this. If you have questions about faith, um, about what it means to connect with God or you're going through something, we'd love to talk to you about that. So we're going to hang out here um, after the service. Talk to us. If you want somebody to pray for you, We have wonderful people that they love to pray, and they love to pray with you. And they're over there in that room there after the service. And so um, we encourage you to go there as well. Come back next weekend. We're going to finish up our series on talking about greatness. And so not greatness, better, being better, yeah. And I will get my language better for next weekend too as well. So we're going to stand. We're going to finish with the final song. God bless you guys. Love you. Have a terrific day. Thank you.